Hello and welcome into Fantasy Focus Football. Today's show is presented by Geico. Switch to Geico see all the ways that you could save. It is a normal Thursday show. And by normal, I mean all four of us are here again. I'm starting to get it's used to this. It's the new normal. The new it normal. is the new normal. Yeah, it's the normal. Like new normal. Get it? It's the normal. Do you like the new normal or do you like the old normal? I feel like they're all normal. <laughs> I'm, I'm different. This Friday show is different from me, guys. I have a little bit of a cold, but my clay gone would be awesome. Sorry, I think that's what he's trying to... Wait a minute, I'm always on the Thursday show. <laughs> Wait a second. There's a... That's what I figured you were... I was... I was yeah. Are you guys I, familiar at home with the Nielsen ratings? It's a, one of those metrics that people use to measure yeah, they, TV yeah, audiences. Leslie Nielsen. Yeah, right? they used came it up with them, right? <laughs> I believe it was Leslie Nielsen, yeah. yeah. Um, in any event, uh, there is a comparable metric uh, for whatever you want to call this podcast, t- internet TV show, digital streaming show. And it's shown that more Stefania is better. So oh, larger yeah. audience with Stefania sure, on the show. Sure thus, we recruited her for more time. No, I'm serious. I, I talk to people. Yeah. Talk to, I, talk to I talk to people. Yeah. I talk to the Nielsens um, who are familiar with the family that is responsible yes. for yeah, that's what it this is. other rating. Yes. Um, I believe it's the Dops. Is this what yeah. we yeah. got? Wow. Yes. Yeah. 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 In the Dop household, I believe it. Surely, well, obviously, Mama my great uncle came up with the Doppler radar. Obviously, everyone has heard of that. Yeah, why so. do you work? Like, why do you work? Because <laughs> you've got uncle money. I know, right? <laughs> right? Like, dump Doppler, Doppler yes. radar. Doppler like, radar money. It's got to be worth. So Something. my mom has a place has a, has a summer home and uh, that we we go to obviously and visit her for chunks of the time and on the in the town that she has a summer home there is a the gas the gas company on island is Yates Gas and no whenever way. people are like oh they're like dude they're like dude why do you work if you're Yates Gas <laughs> that's so and funny. I'm like nah that's not me I'm not different nah. different Yates nah. Gas money my family actually invented clay so <laughs> wow yeah. <laughs> They're the founders, inventors. Yeah, so we're rolling in that coin. <laughs> Actually, can you I make money you. off clay? I don't even I don't know. know. Like, oh, you, you got to figure clay. clay. Thing. Like, I don't know. to be value in clay, which being like what it's used to build things. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, it's the, it's the. This is riveting podcasting yeah. for people who okay. I just, <laughs> I just shovel it up and sell it. That's what I do. Okay. Yeah. Family tradition. Anyway, Gosh, I actually one forgot. of us came here to talk football. Yeah, Stefania, fa- she got bell money, <laughs> right? Your family right. Yeah, the telephone. That's yeah, right. Bell Al- Atlantic. <laughs> that doesn't exist Alexander anymore. Alexander Graham, you know. Uh-huh. Graham. You, know what, you know what Stefania's got? This is going to be my, my awkward pivot to football. Stefania has Christian McCaffrey money. $16 million per year. There yeah. we go. Now How let's talk about, about the game. That sounds good to me. I actually felt like today was a Friday because we're talking nothing but games today because we have Thursday night football. We've got three games on a Saturday, which is going to load up my Saturday with something fun to do. <laughs> and we're going to preview a couple more Sunday games. Plus, we'll have Adam Schefter join us at the end of the show, as he always does with the field. Yeah. But Stefania, let's jump into it. Like Field said, yeah. Thursday Game night football you. preview. Hey, 49ers you. at Seahawks. Yep. This feels too soon to have a game for my 49ers. It's pretty. Mm. It's, uh, we could use a couple more days off. Lineup blocks for this game include Christian McCaffrey, George Kittle, Tyler Lockett, and DK Metcalf. Stefania, we need to talk about Debo being out and the rest of the injuries on these 49ers, as well as Kenneth Walker. So yeah. I'm going to turn it over to you. So uh, Debo is not a surprise, right? We, we knew that he was expected to miss multiple weeks. The talk for the 49ers was whether that he would be available or not before the end of the regular season, yep. which, you know, if they were to win tonight, I would expect you might not see Debo before the end of the regular season because they would clinch the division. We, we, we shall see. But either way, he is not playing tonight. Um, Brock Purdy listed as questionable. Remember, he had an oblique and a rib injury. Kyle Shanahan has said it's about pain tolerance, but... I think every expectation is that Brock will be out there, but because he has an injury, uh, they are listing him as questionable. I don't think anyone really doubts he's going to be out there. Sure. Uh, Kenneth Walker is the big story, right? Because he missed last week and half of the previous week when he had that ankle injury, but he upgraded to full practice and mm-hmm. Kenneth Walker is going to play tonight. So I expect him to be your starter at running back in Seattle. Um, you can't really use the metrics of when he played against the 49ers last because he was not the starting running back at that time. So he didn't have much activity in that game. Obviously, the 49ers run defense is their big stalwart on defense. So we'll see what happens. 
I don't know. It's hard for me to comment on this one because I'm obviously so heavily biased, but the 49ers struggle in Seattle. There's no secret there. They always play each other tough. Seattle still has a chance for playoffs. They would really like to win this game. And uh, the the 49ers going up there in the 12th man, that's a real thing. It's tough. I'm not saying this because it's the first game of the week, but I think the hardest decision in fantasy this week might end up being Kenneth Walker Mm -hmm. III. There are so Mm -hmm. many indicators that you love about this player. He's awesome. He scores a lot of touchdowns. He's very capable for breakaway runs, but he's also coming off of an ankle injury that limited him in practice this week, even though he is off the injury report. So even if he's not, even if he's 75 or 80%, he's not a hundred percent. At least that would be my inference uh, based off of his practice participation. Beyond that, he plays the 49ers Mm -hmm. who are awesome. They have been the stingiest defense to opposing running backs this season. That right there makes you a little bit scared. And then in the two games prior to this, When he got hurt, I should say. Two games prior to his injury, 24 carries for 43 yards. So he's been in a bit of a run. I think with Kenneth Walker, one thing that we've realized over the course of the year is that I'm not saying this is sort of a deep cut here, but like when Saquon Barkley early in his career, it was like big runs or run stuffs, Mm -hmm. not a lot in between. And Kenneth Walker has had some of that this season. He has been saved on a couple of occasions by long runs. Those counts, don't get me wrong, but do they are they something you can count on against the 49ers? I have him as RB18. It's tough. Obviously, the running back landscape is thin. But, Mike, I get it. Like, if you were in a perfect scenario and you had two other capable running backs, I could see the value in start and sitting him. But I, I, I am, again, RB18. That reflects a starting player mm-hmm. for me. I agree 100%. There's a reason I don't have him as a lineup lock this week, right? Yeah. And for the reasons you just laid out, this is a dominant run defense. One of the best we've seen in a while, just yeah. in terms of, a uh, volume-faced efficiency just against the pass, against the run, just straight domination. Week five is the last time a running back had more than 13 and a half fantasy points against them. And I've, I mentioned the stat in the past. That was Christian McCaffrey, yeah. right? He's on, They traded for him. They were so impressed by a running back actually doing a well against them. They're right. like, we're just going to trade for that guy. That's how good he is. So uh, they've just been straight dominant. Uh, you know, in, in Walker's defense, if you want to justify playing him, he's a top 10 running back during his seven full games as the lead back. Yep. He's averaging a hair over 20 touches a game. And But here's the thing. He's probably not going to have much rushing efficiency. They're probably going to have to throw more than usual. So he might not have, he might have 12 carries. You're hoping for like one of them eight target games. And and he's had, he had that a couple weeks ago. It's possible. So you can justify starting him. But if you want to find a way to bench him, fill somebody, it's it's let, totally viable. This let me give totally a scenario. Viable. And this is something I'm working through. And I don't know what I'm going to do yet. We still have another, whatever, 10 hours until the game begins. I have a league in which I have Nick Chubb, Kenneth Walker the third. And my third running back is Damian Harris. Mondre mm. Stevenson okay. had a practice. Damian Harris practicing yesterday. We don't know Still if Damian Harris is going to play on Sunday. Yeah. Yeah. You don't know. So I have to, like, I am risking the possibility that if I sit Kenneth Walker the third tonight and Damian mm-hmm. Harris does not play on Sunday, that I will have Pierre Strong on my lineup as an example, mm-hmm. right? I know that's, that, that sounds less desirable than having Kenneth Walker the third tonight, but if Damian, Pierre, Damian Harris is upgraded to full as an example today, which I'm not forecasting, but if he were, it's like that would be, that's an example of the kind of lineup decision that you could be making surrounding yeah. Kenneth Walker the third tonight. Sure. Because the Fortnite are just that good on defense right now, especially defending the run. Mm-hmm. What I would say, you know, you mentioned that he was limited in practice. He was only limited on Monday. It was walkthrough. They didn't really practice. Like the only day that they actually did stuff was Tuesday and he was out running and he was full. He did everything. And, uh, um, Pete Carroll talked about how good he looked and that he looked real quick. And I know he's prone to being optimistic, yeah. okay. but at least what you know is the day that they did practice. Wednesday, they didn't really practice. They list him as full. They didn't okay. do anything. But Tuesday was the day that he did the most. He came away from it fine. They took him off the injury. I would say 95% of my concern is your Niners defense, though. Oh, yeah. I'm just taking that. That would be more my concern would be how they are able to utilize him against the Niners. How are you looking at Geno Smith in this matchup? Because he's been somebody that we've same had kind of as, thing. A, as a <laughs> starter almost the entire season, and now you get to the playoffs, oh. and it's... Oh. That same league, by the way, Geno is one of my quarterback options. Yeah, so I, mean, I am like pulling tough. my hair out. I'm pulling... It's bad. He's he's a borderline top 10 guy for me, someone I think mm-hmm. that you can start, but I don't love starting a quarterback against the, what, like, a defense like this on a Thursday either. Yeah, the same, same kind of thing. I, I was just going to say, we just talked about how dominant the Niners have been against running backs, but it's the same kind of thing against quarterbacks. Fifth fewest fantasy points to quarterbacks. Only twice a quarterback's gotten 18 fantasy points. Geno's worst game of the year was against the 49ers. He had 6.1 fantasy points, only 199 total yards in that game. No touchdowns. He's been so good. Six straight with 19 plus points. He's the number six scoring here's, quarterback. Here's the it's advantage. a tough matchup though. It yeah. really is. The, it's Seattle. Like they, the 49ers struggle in Seattle. They got the 12th man. And here's the thing. If the Seahawks have the ball first, 
my prediction is they come out with big play for an inner secondary is weak. This is what they're going to try and do. They're going to try and have a big DK Metcalf play, a big t- something big to start it off. And that's where Gino could do so. Although, you know, his comments about like he's been playing too aggressively, I thought that's not what you want to say the week before you play the Niners because that's how you're going to have to play. Oh, yeah. yeah. Throwing a deep. Yeah. 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 Pass heavy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. The boundary. Yep. But right. uh, yeah, it makes, makes you nervous, uh, especially if the Niners can get to him quickly, which is that's. The yeah. pass rush, that's what you worry about. Yep. Mm-hmm. Really quickly, on the other side of the ball, if we can, we talked Debo's obviously going to be out. Brandon Ayuk should just slot right into a, a high-end wide receiver, too. With the, maybe not high-end, but like at least a mid-tier wide receiver, too, with how bad this uh, Seahawks secondary is field. I've got him as wide receiver, 18 on the board. Keep in mind, obviously, that there are other players that will step up as well. Juwan Jennings should play a decent amount. Ray McLeod. McLeod. Like, mm-hmm. There are other players who yep. will have some contributions in the passing game, maybe a bit more George Kittle. But Debo Samuel has been the most targeted player when Brock Purdy has been under center this season. He's obviously a special, special player as well. So someone's got to step up and fill the void. Ayuk, who's just rock solid, got him as wide receiver, 18 on the board. Maybe not, maybe not quite a lineup lock, but certainly darn close. He is knocking on the door because while Seattle's cornerbacks individually have played well, it's not like this isn't a defense that teams have been able to throw against in fantasy football. So yep. not concerned about that matchup myself. All right, let's move ahead and talk about some Saturday previews here. Oh, I'll tell you what. Let's pick this game. Okay, let's pick the okay. Thursday night football. Let's game. Do it. Why not? Hmm. Who do we start with? Boy, Field, I'll start with you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying to so kowtow to Stefania, but give me the 49ers. Uh, they're just so good. They're yeah. so good on defense, and Brock Purdy, regardless of the fact that he's a third-string quarterback, has been playing really, really solid football. I think a monster night is on tap for Christian McCaffrey as well. Seahawks' second-worst run defense in the NFL. Give me the Niners, like 23-13. 23-13, all right. Stefania has Seattle on the blowout. So. <laughs> yeah. Look, I want that. That'd be great. Who you're, I you're, want to win. Is this I, like reverse psychology? No, you keep no, saying no. like Seattle's yeah. so no, good me, at home. No, I, I, no, I've been a 49er fan for many, many years. So I have witnessed the uh-huh. Seattle upset and, and late in the season, just to be a spoiler, it's exactly the kind of thing we don't like. But Christian McCaffrey has a big game, which is what I predict as well. Then I think the 49ers take it. Okay. 23-22 okay. Niners. Close one. Wow, wow. that's close. Uh-huh. Yeah. 2317 was my amended prediction. Wow. That's I'm I had the right number 23, for the 22. 40, 23 22. So you know what five I'm field goals about. for Jason Myers tonight. That's, That's what it is. Hey, I have him on some teams. I'm here for it. I'm gonna go uh Niners over the Seahawks 24-23. Wow, we have a consensus pick. That's this embarrassing. Is, this is this is nerve-wracking. Yeah. All four of us picking the Niners. Uh-oh. Now I'm ner- no, this is how upsets happen. This is how upsets happen. <laughs> By the way, yeah, which means that if the Seahawks win tonight, it is absolutely our fault, and we totally jinx the 49ers, yeah. just so people know how the internet works. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's just, right. Just so it's our fault. Know. All right, let's talk Saturday previews. We're going to start with the Colts at the Vikings. Lineup blocks for this game include Jonathan Taylor, Michael Pittman, Dalvin Cook, Justin Jefferson, TJ Hawkinson. Mm-hmm. A lot of all, fantasy goodness. All five of those guys. Game. Yeah, going to be a lot of good names in there. Mike, I want to start with you when talking about Michael Pittman, even though he's mm-hmm. a lineup lock. Him and the rest of these wide receivers should have a pretty good game, I would think, against the secondary. Yeah, Pittman's tough. We've talked about him. The production hasn't been great as of late, but uh, 7.9 targets per game and going up against this Minnesota defense that has struggled to put some numbers on that. Second most fantasy points to receivers overall. Uh, second most to the perimeter. The most the last eight weeks, so they're just getting worse. They were actually a tiny bit better earlier this season. Last week against your Lions, both teams' receivers had huge days. Yep. 65.9 fantasy points scored. Wow. By Lions receivers in that game yeah. last week. They've had the most catches, the most yards to receivers. It's just across the board, a struggle. And that's with Patrick Peterson playing fine. It's really just around him that they've had so many struggles. And and they're ahead often. Uh, obviously, what are they, 10 and 3 now? So, uh, well, just teams. I don't know if they're actually less than you realize. They have a negative point differential. Yeah, but I mean, they're winning games. So teams are obviously trailing them late yeah, in they games just and throwing the ball games, in yeah. the fourth quarter. I just think so. teams are like, why would we bother running the ball when yeah. we can throw it all over the yard against Minnesota? Exactly. So, anyway. Upgrading, upgrading Pittman. We feel better about him. Yeah, than usual. I know you'd say like, if you're feeling like super duper frisky and I wouldn't go this far, but like Matt Ryan and daily fantasy because of how Ooh. bad the Viking secondary is the Saturday been. slate. Yep. DFS certainly have to keep an eye on Saturday. that one. Um, but yeah, it's mm. uh, for Jeff Saturday. Got it. The fight in yeah. Jeff Saturdays, potentially undefeated on Saturday after this win. Yeah. <laughs> Let's or talk about the Vikings real quick here because uh, field. I think 
this Kirk Cousins conversation, I, I don't see any way in which Kirk Cousins for me is a starter this week. Yeah, I think this is a follow the matchup one here, right? So there are some quarterbacks that are hurt this week, which takes the Lamar Jacksons and the Kyler Murray's mm-hmm. out of the mix. You have quarterbacks that are either struggling. Also, Russell Wilson, who would have been in a good spot, by the way. I know he's been bad, but still a good spot against Arizona. You could have talked yourself into that. There are a couple of other matchups that are certainly concerning. You got guys like Dak Prescott that haven't been as hot of late. But Kirk Cousins, you kind of follow the matchup, right? Mm-hmm. Like if he has a very favorable matchup, he has more than cashed in. If he has a less than favorable matchup, he has generally speaking been, you know, kind of like a guy you'd prefer not to start. I've got him as quarterback 10 this week, but that indie defense is definitely the strength of their team. So I feel a bit trepidatious in having him that high. I can see the argument for benching Kirk Cousins. But if you have been riding with Kirk Cousins as your starting quarterback, it's because you don't have an obvious solution elsewhere, which means you'd have to have a Mike White available to stream. Mm-hmm. I know we've been saying this for a long time, but like quarterbacks eight through 13 for me this week are like pretty similar all this it's so hard to be able to decide in between there yeah that's fine cousins is just one of them high floor safe plays i mean he has three finishes better than qb9 this season yeah. right he just hasn't had a high ceiling unless to your point the matchup's been great like last week when he had 25 points that was his highest total of the season yeah so i'm with you i have him 13 so i'm probably staying away if i can uh any anyone else here within this viking secondary any we're gonna see a stefan gilmore shadow on Justin and Jefferson or Adam uh, Yeah, I think uh, we talked about this a little yesterday. I do think Gilmore shadows Jefferson on the perimeter. And we know the Colts are great, right? Few is fantasy points allowed to wide receivers this season. So it is a tougher matchup. But, you know, I looked a little at this. I didn't have the numbers yesterday, Field, when we were talking about this. But you look at the the perimeter routes run by opposing clear number ones. Brandon Cooks, tra- actually Travis Kelsey as well. Corlin Sutton, Nick Westbrook, Terry McLaurin, A.J. Brown, C.D. Lamb. That's a lot of receivers. 91% of their perimeter routes, Gilmore covered them, right? So that? I do think yeah. Jefferson will probably do the same, uh, or Gilmore will do the same against Jefferson. Um, but Jefferson, 30% of the time is in the slot. He's also Justin Jefferson. Right. I mean, there's just a lot of reasons not to be really worried about this, but maybe a lower ceiling than normal. Adam Thielen locked in as sort of a low-end flex play. Six or more targets in 11 of his last 12 mm-hmm. games. So just yeah. a very high floor from a volume perspective. Say, just yep. go back to last Thursday's episode and the Thursday before that. Before that. <laughs> All the before same that, things before on that, Adam Thielen. You'll hear the same thing about Adam Thielen. Yeah. Except for this time, it's the uh, the defense allowing the fewest fantasy points to receiver. So again, if you have a reason 33 to, on my board, right? right. That's, if, yeah. if you have yeah. a reason to bench him, this would be a good one. Yeah. You know, are two receivers going to have big games against Indy? Probably unlikely. Not. Right. Probably unlikely. Yeah. Unlikely. Yeah. All right. Let's talk Ravens at Browns lineup blocks for this game include Mark Andrews, Nick Chubb, Amari Cooper, and David Njoku. Notably off this list is Lamar Jackson, who was not going to play this week. Stefania, we expect to see Tyler Huntley under center. Any updates? Well, uh, Tyler Huntley back in full practice yesterday. So okay. that's the good news um, coming. Uh, obviously, he's been in the concussion protocol. So yep. we were waiting to see what happened when we got to practices and hasn't officially cleared. Hasn't yet, officially no, cleared. no, no. And, back and in I, practice I, is a good I, sign, but yeah, we'll see. Full practice. You got to be cleared for contact again. You got to be cleared by team physician. Got to be cleared by the INC, the independent neurological consultant. So those potentially have yet to happen. And also I'm, definitely not going to see Lamar Jackson this week. Definitely not. I'm just thinking back to Joe Mixon, who prior to his return mm-hmm. had multiple practices where he practiced in full, then sat out on Sunday. So just for people that are like, oh, I'm all good. Um, no, it's defined. No, no, you just said you still got to clear the actual concussion. Let's protocol. say you always want to see how they do after they have a practice session. Did they come back? Did they respond? Okay. Sure. Concussions, nonlinear. Part of the reason why Mark Andrews is the only player that we're suggesting playing from a pass catching perspective for the Ravens. But from a running back perspective field, I want to ask you about J.K. Dobbins because he came in last week and he looked fantastic. 15 carries for 120 yards, which means he averaged eight yards per carry. Uh, that sounds about right to me. Yeah. Yes. I mean, yes, that, that's, that's a correct. That, that, like he that's, can't match that efficiency again this week in spite of a good matchup, but you know, it, it is a good matchup and he did look good last week. There were a couple of runs, specifically the 44 yard run he had, which if you watch just the first half of the play, you're thinking to yourself, that's a touchdown. He ends up kind of coming up a little bit. I don't know about lame, but like lost some steam pretty quickly and Minka Fitzpatrick chased him down, which is a reminder that he's probably not a hundred percent yet. Basically everything that could go right for JK Dobbins from a result standpoint last week did go right. Yeah. Plays 26 snaps and turns that into 18 fantasy points. You ask yourself whether you think that is sustainable week over week, even in a good matchup. He had zero targets last week. He ran a total of four routes last week, which Mm -hmm. was still more than Gus Edwards, but 
The Ravens don't throw the ball to running backs unless your name is Kenyon Drake and you are the starter because everybody else is hurt. So have him as RB 34 because if he doesn't turn those 15 carries into eight yards per carry and in turn instead turns them into 4.5 yards per carry and doesn't turn that touchdown opportunity into a touchdown and said it's zero touchdowns. You could talk, be talking about a guy who gets you seven and a half fantasy points yeah. this week. That's Big why I have RB34. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of running backs like that right now that just are doing zero as pass catchers, yeah. right? He, that's the third straight game. He's had zero targets. So you're really relying on, on, on this carry volume right now and hoping for a touchdown. But to your point, the matchup's great, right? Uh, Brown's top three in fantasy points and rushing touchdowns with 17 to running backs this season. So yeah. this kind of sets up for him, right? This is a J.K. Dobbins game, essentially. If he gets 15 carries in a great matchup, could score. The efficiency's always been great for him and, and Baltimore running backs as well. So I feel a little better because of the matchup. I still have him 32nd because no no passing down work and every team's playing this week. But yeah. uh, as far as flex options go, you could do worse. Here's what I would say. I, I thought he looked better than he had looked when he was running before Definitely. he had this mm-hmm. additional procedure. Uh, he came out of the game no worse for the wear. If you recall, before he had this additional procedure, he was on the injury report every week, still being limited. Not there at all this week. So he obviously Mm -hmm. came out of the game okay. So I would expect that. I I think some of what you saw is the deconditioning that happens when you're, you know, you have another surgery and you're just not as conditioned to be back there. So he, he looked good when he started and then kind of ran out of steam. But his run for the touchdown looked really strong. Uh, you know, there were things I saw in him that I hadn't yet seen. So I think just for his overall health, it's encouraging. And he could get better as the weeks go on towards the end. Like, he could actually be somebody who can really improve over the fantasy playoffs and make a difference for you then. Yeah. yeah. I'm ex- I was just going to say, I'm excited for him next season. Yeah. Like, just yeah. get all the way yeah. back to under... Because, remember, this is a 99th percentile athlete. Yeah. And that's kind of why I was so in on him this year. Obviously, I jumped the gun probably <laughs> early, but, well, definitely early, but super excited about him long-term. Yeah. And it's good to see. I mean, it's just for the player. You're happy mm-hmm. to see a spark of that. Bet. You were, you were going to say where you have him in your rankings for next year? Uh, yes. <laughs> I know you're really excited to talk about uh, next no, year's I, I rankings. I did write about this in Field Pass, but I, what I will say is just that while we are maybe a little more pessimistic than the numbers last week would suggest for this upcoming week, still clearly the Ravens running back that has the most fantasy mm-hmm. value yes. right oh, now. Yeah. Like yep, if yep. you have the choice between multiple Ravens backs, mm-hmm. specifically Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins, it's clear that Dobbins is the most valuable back. Mike, I want to ask you about Deshaun Watson in his mm-hmm. first game Good back. Yeah. It was a pretty awful game. Last week, he was quarterback 14. Now you've mm-hmm. got to make a decision against a Ravens defense. Am I going to trust him in the first week of the playoffs? I'm a QB8, so I think so. You know, he, he is trending up a little bit. It was over 16 fantasy points last week. He gives you a little floor because of the rushing, right? He had uh, six carries last week for 33 yards. In his first game, he had seven carries for 21 yards. So he's giving you a little in that department. Uh, the Ravens, you might think, intimidating matchup. Don't want to start him, but they've been mid-pack against quarterbacks, right? They've kind of been really inconsistent in that department. So not worried about that. I, I think that uh, based on the situation of quarterback, once you get into that range you were talking about, uh-huh. that like 8 to 15 kind of range, I think he's probably has more upside than a lot of these other guys. So I'm fine with it. I, I'm fine with it. I think he's a back-end QB one. And if you have him from that standpoint, are you looking at any of his other pass catchers? Obviously, we said Amari mm-hmm. Cooper and David Njoku are both lineup blocks. Donovan Peoples-Jones has been a guy that sort of came on, although... He was. He only got to double digits because of a punt return. Was it last week? Was last week? Well, or no, was that two had, weeks last ago? week he had the, a career last high in targets, catches, and yards. You know, was, yeah, <laughs> definitely uh, a, a decent connection there. Um, and you know, this is an interesting stat. Uh, Kyle Poole, DPJ has been uh, wide receiver thirty-five in fantasy or better seven of his last eight games. It was thirteen last you, week, right? So he's he's been good for a while now, yeah. even with Jacoby Brissett, and he's coming off a career high in targets. So. ESPN made the business decision and the correct one to let Eric Mooney write the waiver wire column as opposed to me. They wanted to upgrade the column. Mm-hmm. I can't blame them. And every year there's a player that you find yourself writing about every oh my single gosh. week. You're like, just get this player off the freaking waiver wire so I can stop saying to add him off the waiver wire. That player this year is out of people's jumps yeah. because he's still available in like <laughs> 57% of leagues. Like, I get it. He is not going to be the player that wins you your week. But I see players who are like, you know, human husks that are on 75% of Mm. rosters and DPJ who keeps scoring points and keeps finishing inside the top 35 for wide receivers is still available way more than he should be. And by the way, Amari Cooper's not a hundred percent. You know, that, that hip issue, I think that did bother him this past week. He's still listed as somebody who has not practiced this week. Part of it's arresting him. Part of it's still that Donovan Peoples Jones, I think looked like the better receiver last week. Needs to be rostered. I think, uh, Yeah. 
I think this, okay. and I don't, Mike, everything Mike said, I agree with. I think this Deshaun week is very important for the, I mean, obviously they're all important at this point of the season, right? But like back to back, really bad weeks. They didn't score a touchdown in their first 18 drives yeah, it was bad. with Deshaun Watson under center. They only have one to date. But not that the Ravens are a good matchup because they have been dramatically improved since the start of the season when they got torched early in the passing game. But they're still, I think, like bottom eight in terms of passing yards per game allowed. If you can't get it done this week at home, by the way, mm-hmm. where you figure the atmosphere is a lot different than it was playing on the road in back-to-back weeks, very disconcerting because there were people, yeah. as I've said a million mm-hmm. times now, that were kind of waiting. Like their quarterback quandary throughout the season was going to be solved in week 13. We're in week 15, and I'm still not sure it has been. Oh, they've been way worse so yeah. far. Yeah. I mean, yeah. substantially worse efficiency-wise. So Yeah. All right, let's move ahead and talk about Dolphins at Bills. This one is going to be a really fun actual football wait. game one to watch. Yeah. This will be really, really fun. Lineup blocks for this include Tua Tungavailoa, Tyreek Hill, Jalen Waddell, Josh Allen, and Stephon Diggs. Notably left off that list is every single running back that plays for either one of these two teams. Mm-hmm. Stefania, let's start with the Dolphins. I want to get some updates First on Jeff Wilson. Yeah, um, listed as a non-practicing player so far this week, but keep in mind the Dolphins haven't actually had a practice. So they're resting a lot of their players. I think the word Mike McDaniel used was warrior in talking about Jeff Wilson trying to get back for Saturday night's game. It could come to, I I will not be surprised if this is a game time decision, the way they're talking about it right now. Very uncertain. Good luck. Not to Jeff Wilson. I mean, obviously, good luck to Jeff Wilson. But good luck trying to figure out what to do with this backfield right now. Yep. Mm-hmm. Just good luck. That's all I can tell you because it's been a mess over the past few weeks, right? We thought it was Jeff Wilson Jr.'s job and his job unto himself. Instead, it's been a little bit of a smorgasbord. He gets hurt last week. I mean, the most valuable running back on this team recently has been Tyreek Hill last week, who had a 57-yard mm-hmm. fumble recovery for a touchdown. But I just don't know what to do here. Uh, if Jeff Wilson Jr. sits, then I feel much better about Raheem Mostert, obviously. But if both of them play, Mike, how do you play either one of them with any level of significant confidence? Yeah, it's tough. And to your point, we thought maybe Mostert had kind of taken that 1A job. Four of the first six carries, is well, the first two went to Mostert. The next four went to Jeff Wilson yeah. before he got mm-hmm. hurt, right? So it's basically just hot hand committee sort of usage. Um, I will say this. After Wilson went out, Raheem Mostert, well, in the game, he played 36 snaps. Uh, Salvin Ahmed played five, right? It was a clear gap. Mm-hmm. It was clear, clearly Raheem Mostert. It was another low-volume game for them, but you could have Miles Gaskin mi- mixed in. But I, I agree with you. If Wilson is out, Mostert probably going to flirt with our top 25, right? It'll at least be a flex option, yeah. maybe deeper leagues. He's an RB2. So that's the only situation where I want to start either of these guys. Agreed. Otherwise, if they both play, they're both currently ranked outside our top 35 top at running 35. backs. And I want to say... We can just rinse, repeat that. I feel like for this Bills conversation Uh where you have both Devin Singletary and James Cook also both ranked outside our top 35. And I don't want to have to pick which one I think is going to get in the end zone this week. You know, remember last week when people were saying, oh, James Cook breakout. We gave the warning. We We literally joked. We were like, I could totally see James. I think I used the word four carries for James Cook last week. He ended up with five total touches. So I missed by uh, a total of one there. So it. We've been teased on a couple of occasions mm-hmm. here, yeah. and we are far enough into the season that we have to just accept this is the way it's going to be. Yep. It's going to be this way. So if you want to tempt fate and play a Bills running back, God bless you. Good luck. Mm-hmm. Good luck. I'm with you. I'm Can with I, you. They've been, look, they've been telling us for years that they don't want Singletary to play 80% of the snaps. They just keep trying to find other guys. They traded for Nehemiah. Mines. They tried to get J.D. McKissick. They drafted James Cook in the second round, and now they're actually executing that. Now that Cook's good enough that they could work him in. So it's a three-man backfield. And look, if they're trailing Miami in this game, which is possible, yeah. Nehemiah Hines is going to be on the field a lot more than he's been, right? right. So it's three guys. It's tough to <sighs> justify any of them. Uh, Singletary's still my highest. He's 37. Okay, right. so only thing that you said there that I have to take you to task on is right. they could be trailing the Dolphins. Nervous is the word that I would use to describe myself right now, thinking about this Dolphins offense. I've got Tua mm-hmm. currently plugged That's in fair. as a starter. It's supposed to be cold as all get out because it's Buffalo and it's December. Mm-hmm. Maybe some snow. Mm-hmm. It's hard to tell. You know, with Buffalo, the forecast could change 19 times between now and Saturday night. But certainly seems like there's a real chance for snow. It's going to be extremely cold. Tua has never played in a game that has been as cold as it should be on Saturday night. For whatever it's worth, in Tua's three coldest games in his NFL career, those are the three games in which he has had the lowest QBR in his career. Mm, sounds like Jared Goff. He has also been in a rut over the past couple of weeks, right? I mean, mm-hmm. he has played poorly in back-to-back weeks. Yep. 
I said that Kenneth Walker III is the most difficult decision of the weekend. I stand by that. But Tua is not far behind and probably is the most difficult quarterback decision of the week. It makes me nervous. The Bills defense obviously is really good. Tredavious White is back to playing 100% of the that. snaps. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they are. Um, by the way, the Dolphins offensive line will see which tackles are available, whether Teron Armstead is available. He's played, obviously, but uh, he, you know, he's been banged up with a pec injury. Like hurt. signing Eric Fisher off the street to play meaningful snaps at some point. Like, this one makes me nervous. Not going to lie to you. Like, I don't have I, I don't have any two of this year in my, my teams that are in the playoffs. So I'm not making that decision personally, but I would be thinking long and hard about it. Mm-hmm. I really would. I get it. Mike McDaniel said he is not going to even look at the weather forecast. He is not allowing the team to consider weather as part of their oh, I love yeah. that. You know, I, I love that. I was talking to somebody, somebody who works at ESPN, is from Buffalo this morning. And I said there are two things that I don't care how long you're doing them, you never get used to. Nobody gets used to waking up at an ungodly early hour. Mike Golick Sr. used to talk about this all the time. I don't care if you've been doing radio for 30 years. Getting up at 4.30 or 3.30 in the morning, not normal, never will be. <laughs> Second thing, I don't care if you're from Antarctica. You don't get used to the bitter cold. No. You just don't. And Miami certainly will not be getting used to the cold by traveling up there on Friday yeah. and having one day in a hotel by Saturday. It's going to stink. Mm-hmm. It's going to be miserable. Be it just is. We're all humans. Even though these guys are tougher in their left pinky fingernail than I am in my entire existence and ever will be. Still, it's going to be tough on Saturday night. I'm nervous. Real quick question to close this game out. Obviously, Stefan Diggs is a lineup block, but any chance he sees a shadow here in this game, Mike Clay? Yeah, I think so. Xavier Howard probably will shadow him. Uh, Diggs has been fine. He's been shadowed by Howard in four straight games between these teams, and he's been fine, but kind of a limited ceiling. He hasn't uh, cleared 16 fantasy points. So with Howard on the other side, one of the better corners in the NFL, you're probably not getting a 25-point game out of Stefan Diggs. His ceiling's probably lower than usual, but he should be fine. Again, he's had uh, solid stat lines. I'll also say this. Uh, Miami is allowed the fourth fewest fantasy points as Avian Howard's side of the field, the fourth most to the other side of the field. That's oh, wow. going to be Gabe Davis against uh, against Keon Cross. And so maybe a little upgrade there for Davis. We're always trying to figure out when it's the right time to put him in our flex. Yeah. Maybe there's some appeal this week. There okay. certainly there's a little bit. All right. Let's move ahead and talk Sunday previews. All and right. we're going to start with Lions at the Jets. Uh, Lions? <laughs> Lineup blocks include, I love you guys, but also I hate you very much. I'm on Ross St. Brown and Garrett Wilson. Obviously the top two wide receivers here. Injuries include Corey Davis, Stefania, where he's at within the, where is he at within the concussion well, the, protocol? The first day of injury reports was yesterday, not practicing, but Robert Sala seems to feel good about him being on track to play. I, we'll see. I, yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Is it what I, you know. You yep. guys know the concussion rule by now. So let's start there with we'll see. with the Jets wide receivers. Mike, oh, yeah. if mm-hmm. Garrett Wilson, obviously a lineup lock, he's in a good spot. Elijah Moore potentially in a good spot. I'd assume they made your wide receiver corner. The Lions, unfortunately, made your uh, wide receiver They did, oh, of course. They're, I mean, Jeff Okuda, as you know, was limited last week, right? He yeah. wasn't even a full go in that sick. game. We'll see. They have issues in the slot as well. So uh, Lions have struggled all season long against wide receivers. We're always upgrading guys. You mentioned Garrett Wilson. We're locking him in. He's fifth in fantasy points the last three, week, three weeks. Yeah. He's been awesome. Uh, more may depend, certainly depends on Davis, right? Right now, I don't have Davis projected. I'd be surprised if he goes, but obviously we have to keep an eye on that the next 48 hours or so. Um, if he if he goes, I don't feel great about Elijah Moore. The snaps and the targets haven't been there when those other guys have been on the field. If Davis is out, Moore, you could slide in as a flex. I yeah. mean, he had 10 targets last week and um, has had a, a decent connection with Mike White, who's obviously upgraded that offense. Um, also... DFS. Yeah. Super cheap. Super, Super cheap. cheap. He's going to be a popular yeah. play. I'm just a little more nervous about Mike White than you guys are. Because, okay. it, you know, the, the rib injury is a real thing. I, he was limited in practice. I just take you back to how Justin Herbert looked the first week he played after he had a rib injury. It's just you can't assume because he's playing he's going to be exactly like himself. It hurts every time you twist, every time you throw. And even if they do a pain-numbing injection before you play – it typically doesn't feel good the entire time. Well, I'm sure the so, defensive line will be respectful of that, though. Stephane. Yeah, they, <laughs> of course they will be. So uh, I, I would just say, like, it doesn't mean that I think Mike White will necessarily be a, a poor play if he plays, but I'm not automatically assuming he's going to just look like the guy that you saw when he was 100%. New backup quarterback for the Jets as well. Zach Wilson. Right, Zach Wilson, yeah, baby. He's in for hey, Joe yeah. Flacco will be inactive. Number yeah. two overall pick from two years ago, who wears number two, is now the Jets' number two quarterback on Sunday, maybe number one. Um, I don't – so 
what Stefania says carries significant weight in my book and it should in your book mm-hmm. as well. I don't, so I don't know exactly how to evaluate the health impact of Mike White. I don't. I, I'm not a doctor. I don't proclaim to have any anywhere close to what Stefania's medical knowledge is. Never will. It's a really great opportunity, though. It is. Great matchup. If you had any assurance that Mike, and you won't, but if you had any assurance that Mike White would play start to finish in this game and be close to what he has been, you would love the fantasy value here. And he's my top streaming quarterback of the week. I've got him as a borderline top 10 play. And I'm... Because I don't know, I have to just sort of choose. Like, how am I going to treat it? Am I going to treat it like he's going to play the game? And I am going to treat it like he is going to play the game. Lions have allowed more fantasy points per game than any team in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Yep. By a lot. Yep. Two points per game more. So now 14 weeks into the season, they have been like almost thir- uh, almost 25 points worse than any other team this season. Especially through the air right now. And, and Mike White, like... Not only is Mike White playing well, but like I think the way the Jets are basically utilizing and playing offense right now is suited to a quarterback thriving, right? Like a lot of what they're doing, get the ball out quick and let guys like Garrett Wilson, the number 10 pick in the draft, and Elijah Moore, a really effective player when he gets opportunities, just run. And Yak is a quarterback's best friend in fantasy football and 369 yards a couple of weeks ago. I know they lost, but I thought he played his butt off last week against the, the Bills, getting crunched during that game. Um, I'm in. I know, and I, I, I'm i in acknowledging that I have no clue what's going to happen with the ribs, but I'm treating it like he has the chance to start and finish this game, and he is the quarterback that if I'm iffy on my starter, that's my next man up. I'm putting my money where my mouth is. In the same league that I started Jared Goff over Tom Brady last week, it'll be Mike White over both Jared Goff and Tom Brady this week. There's a couple things here. Number one, there's still a couple days left in the week to Mm -hmm. see what he does. I'd really like to see him do a little bit more in practice. And number two, they can set the game plan to help him out with this injury, you know, and not have a bunch of targets down the field. But to your point, you get rid of the ball quickly. You do shorter passes. Let the yards after the catch dictate how the game will flow. That's actually going to help him compared to trying to, you know, he wants to avoid unnecessary contact so you want to get rid of the ball quickly and you want to uh, minimize the deep shots down the field mike I'll do you think that, his thoughts on it in a little bit. he may he may know mm-hmm. what their plans are yeah do you think that they could utilize the running game a little bit more in order to help that with mike white and maybe take some of that because like i don't line, know i it, what i was just going to say is but I, that's yeah, I know where you're going you're, with this i know yeah. he, he just wants I, and a i'm chance. not trying to bring up but like uh, yeah, that is yes, that, that yes, is how are. if you want if Let's you want honest. to not have mike white throw the ball 45 times like these running backs have been good but so has the lions run defense so it's yeah Right. Exactly. They've been so dominant as of late. And, and we've talked about this before with Mike White, too. They are they let him throw it a lot and yep. they're going to. The game plan should be to throw the ball a lot against Detroit. And I think that's what they will do. So the way I'd approach Mike White is I'd scoop him up. If I need a quarterback to stream this week, I'd put him in my lineup and then I'd wait till unless we get more information in the meantime, 1130 on Sunday yeah. morning, you're going to get information. Yeah. Either he's going to start. And if I he think- starts, the goal isn't for him to play half the snaps. It'll be to, to go right for the whole game. You could fire him up if he's out. Obviously, you find a different I feel option. like. We're going to be in a situation talking about this on Sunday. Mm-hmm. He's going to start, and we are just going to hope that we get a good version of him. And, and against and the Lions, I mean, he might just need half a game. So, uh, oh, <laughs> didn't need that. Yeah, twenty-five okay. points. And on that, how note. about an, how about a guy that we do need to play more than half the game in DeAndre Swift? And looking oh. at these two Lions running backs, field honestly. Well, well, Mike said this earlier, right? There are a bunch of running backs this week that you're just sort of like either only get rushing utilization and zero passing game utilization or guys where you just sort of throw your hands up through the Bosa shrug, right? Lions probably embody that more than any other backfield in the NFL. We know what Jamal Williams is going to be. Does he still lead the league in, in rushing touchdowns? He does. Yes. And, he's 14. Have, and, and he's not even close to a lineup lock this week. No, he he's has not. been under 12 <laughs> fantasy points in seven of his last nine games yeah. with so, all them touchdowns. Yeah, but that's all he does. You know, is but you know, he's going to get between 15 and 20 carries. He'll probably have between 50 and 65 rushing yards. Maybe if he's feeling frisky, he'll get to 70. And if he scores a touchdown, it might work out a little bit. He is not going to catch a pass. I mean, he might catch a pass. But he had he's a target not, last week. He That's might, a huge yeah. upgrade. One target. <laughs> so, Didn't catch it. but So I have him ranked lower <laughs> than DeAndre so Swift. Yeah. yeah, He's a good pass catcher running back, too. That's a yeah, surprising yeah, target. Yeah. Hands. Um, DeAndre Swift, who knows? Because mm-hmm. we thought last week, like, maybe this is where things are headed. They are not headed that way. Another big question. He did not mark. play that much. But he is getting passing game utilization to the tune of, like, 
three to five targets per game, which is why he gets the edge over Jamal Williams. You know they're using him? Like the Chiefs have been used. Actually, I think it was in San Francisco. They did the same thing. Jarek McKinnon. Yeah. Right where it's like one day, one game, he'll just play like 80% of the snaps, get all this volume, and then they're like, you know, you need an off week. Yeah, He's yeah, not yeah. going to play at all. And that's kid. like how Swift's yeah. been used yeah. lately, right? It's just, it's really like, And Justin Jackson, I'm, he's, he's playing for them, yeah. right? Like Scored not, last week. Yeah. He, he looked he looked good. He, mm-hmm. he had a touchdown. Like he'll, he'll continue to have... Not a huge role, but this is sort of like you know the Patriots for all those years, where mm-hmm. it was like you thought you had two running backs, and then Brandon Bolden plays twenty five percent of the snaps, and you're like, oh, oh okay, right? Like Jackson's one of them guys that wherever he goes, people are like, oh wow, he's actually pretty good. Yeah, like, dude, I love having him. Yeah. yeah, he was a backup in in Chargers, uh, San Diego yeah. and uh, L A, and he was good. You know, he, he runs was just hard. A solid backup. He yeah. looks good, a hundred percent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Really quickly before we move on from this game, Mike, understanding that the uh, Lions showed up on your wide receiver cornerback oh, matchup right. again. In case other people want to read more about wide receiver cornerback matchups, where can they find some of the stuff that you do? ESPN Plus. There you ESPN go. That's Plus. it. Yep. Shadow Report. Yep. That's it. Anything else that you do on ESPN Plus other than the Shadow Report? I do the playbook. NHL projections as well. NHL. No. No. Already XFL's out already for next year projection. Wow. In case you uh, listen to CSS DFS, you have all of the daily DFS fantasy sheets. values yeah. up there as what well as the playbooks. You're so. better at this than me. You just can you well, I just, want, I just wanted to see you up so we <laughs> could talk about the good stuff that you do. I you forget. know what I mean? I like Mike's forget. hype man over there. Mike yeah. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Um, all right, Field. It's Thursday, right? Sure is. Did uh, Field Pass come out today? Wow. Thanks for reading. But yeah, you I mean like you know you've got Mike's entire life planned out, but you don't know that my column is already. That's out, incredible. Dan. It's a really good one. Yes, it is out. Thank you, Dan. It's I gave it an impression. Plus. I clicked yeah. it. I just didn't read through it. That's all I care about. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? We, we we haven't used download, but don't we haven't? We haven't. So I'm glad this? you brought that back. Pa- uh, pass fields out too. Pass right? fields out too. Yeah. Yeah. Minus plus. Yeah. Uh, all right, let's talk about another one here from Sunday. Steelers at Panthers. A lot of lineup blocks in this one. It tons. Pat Frymuth. <laughs> He's good. Look at this. All right, next game. Blank. I know. Like, just, you know. Is that a right in candidate? It's like, it's like, the, like, it's like the bar itself can't have less than two. They're like, <laughs> it'll never be less than two people. Uh, Has Brian Murth and others awaiting votes. It's so bad, <laughs> it's unfortunately. So bad. Both of these teams are not great. Let's talk about Stefania. Kenny Pickett right now is yeah. on the injury report. What does that mean for the Steelers? Well, uh, you know, concussion protocol, but his situation's a little unusual because he's had two this year and there was some conversation about he was on and then off and played and then came out. And so I think uh, Pittsburgh has just made it clear through Mike Tomlin in the way that only Mike Tomlin can express uh-huh. uh, that they are doing everything uh, to be very careful about his health. And right now he is practicing, but limited. So we don't know exactly what that involves yeah. or where he's out on the scale. But uh, I think uh, the plan is that he will probably be out this week. Who's the backup in case he can't roll? We don't know. Yeah. That's TBD. That's why that's why they're showing their cards. There's yeah. already chatter about like, hey, Mason Rudolph could start on Sunday, or it could be Mitch Trubisky, who of course last week had three interceptions in relief of Kenny Pickett. So we don't know. Yeah. The answer is a quarterback that doesn't inspire Rudolph much confidence. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, that's the answer. Is a quarterback who does not inspire much confidence. All right, Stefania, what about DJ Moore? Is he still yeah, on the injury report? He is, but he practiced in full yesterday. Look, he was going for an MRI on Monday because of an ankle injury from last week. So uh, initially it looked like it was potentially more concerning. If he comes back today and has no issues after going through uh, yesterday's session, then I would feel good about DJ Moore. All right, Mike, let's talk about these Steelers here with Kenny Pickett under potentially under mm-hmm. center. Has Najee Harris worked his way into the, well, he's still getting enough volume and he's still around that yep. like RB2 spot. Like, How are you approaching Najee Harris here? He is a high floor flex. I don't think we realize how high his floor has been this season. A top 30 running back in 11 of 13 games, top 25 three of his last four, but he has one game over 14 fantasy points. Yeah. So he's like the perfect high floor, super low ceiling, super low ceiling. flex option. That's where he belongs. Carolina has been great slowing down running backs. Fine for your flex. It's That's weird. It. I swear that you just said that Deontay Johnson is a really high floor but super low ceiling player, but you were talking mm. about Najee Harris. Yeah, same thing. But it's the exact same thing with Deontay Johnson. We have him ranked as wide receiver 30, and it's like in spite of the massive amounts of volume that mm-hmm. he gets, you know what, it doesn't um, matter. I'm sure Stefania is familiar with this, but there's this wonderfully talented artist in the Bay Area who paints a picture or draws a picture of Jimmy Garoppolo every oh, single yes. yeah, yeah. yeah. he's traded. I believe yeah. her name is, is it Rita Gray? Is that? I, I, I would have I'm to sorry for her, not knowing. I really I, apologize. She's, she's incredible talent. It's really, because it's witty. Every day, it's and it's the great. ones with Brock Purdy lately are phenomenal. She's amazing. She's yeah. an amazing Go artist and like oh, totally deserves better than what I did with her name right there. Go check it out. I am going to draw Deontay Johnson every day until he catches a touchdown. Yes. Yeah. Dude. It's, right. no. 
It'll be a stick figure. Yeah, it's gonna be a lot. That would be funny. Yeah, because like where book hers are creative and beautiful, and they're like all different things every day. Oh yeah, feels will be like the same stick. Yeah. It could be like, did you or did your daughter, who's eleven months old, draw that? He could be at all different. See Deontay run. See Deontay look for the ball. See Deontay. He could be at all different places except for in the end zone. Yes. Like, yeah. That's right. Oh, wow. Yes. Rita Oak, by the way, please check her out. She's so talented. It's Rita Oak underscore Art on Twitter. So so good. And uh, I sincerely am amazed by no, your I'm work. I'm glad you brought and, her up yeah. because I every day I look for what she's drawn. So, anyways, yeah, that's my new. That's my. Own, that's my. Uh, until he scores a touchdown, that is my analysis on Deontay Johnson. Deontay Johnson okay. has five catches in ten of thirteen games. Not five targets, but he's catching. He's got five passes <laughs> mm-hmm. in ten of thirteen games. Has not gotten in the end zone. It's just unreal. Yep. So a lot of his, his season is kind of like last year's season. Mine is the whole scoring touchdown. Yeah. Yep. He had eight last year, zero this year. Yep. yep. All right. Let's yeah, look, no. talk about the Panthers' run. Can I yeah, just bring up yeah, Pat Fryermuth because the, yeah. the one thing I want to mention, because people might have seen that he didn't practice yesterday, and Brooke Pryor had uh, tweeted out that he said he got his foot rolled up on mm. and that he expected to go on Sunday. Okay. So if you saw yeah. that, not to worry, although he was listed on the injury report because of his groin, that had been an issue previously. Ow. Yeah, I know. So I'm going to go with Brooke talking to the player okay. uh, and, and say that uh, we're going to assume he's going to play and not to worry just He's yet. one of three tight ends in fantasy this year that you can count on every single week. Mm-hmm. Well, really two. Yeah. So one. one. <laughs> there's there's really one. There's one other one. There's Travis there's, Kelsey. Yeah, and then he shouldn't even uh, be in the really. conversation anymore because it's not fair to everybody else. What about Deontay Foreman, Mike? Mm-hmm. When I look at Deontay Foreman, doesn't catch. Again, another one of these running backs. Doesn't <laughs> catch any passes, but still a ton of volume in the ground game and is getting in the end zone every now and then. Yeah, they're using uh, three backs now. Uh, Chuba Hubbard played 23 snaps to the 34 for Foreman last week. Raheem Blackshear also played seven, uh, 14 in, in that as well. Uh, Foreman has at least 22 touches in four of his last six games. It's really good volume. You're just worried if there's going to be a really poor game script. That's not the case here. We expect this to be a competitive game with the Steelers. So yeah. I feel okay with him. He's 28th. Like I'm again, every team is playing this week, but he's at least a flex option. Yeah. The, the bigger concern for me is just that Chuba Hubbard played a good amount last he week. Did, he looked, yeah. good. He looked yeah. really good for Carolina. He had a touchdown, uh, ran well, caught the ball. Uh, he's just, a, he's a useful player that I think has been much better this year than when he was where he was last year when he was filling in for CMC. Yeah. And, and f- he had a lot of touches, but so did Foreman. And again, this sh- they're trying to use these running backs a lot. They should be able to in this yep. game. Right. All right, let's move ahead and talk Chiefs at Texans here. This one is going to be an interesting Mm. one to be able to watch lineup locks include Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey. Injuries include uh, the entire Texans Texans. offense (laughs) and perhaps both of their starting corners as well. (laughs) Stefania, we've got about 25 minutes left if you want to use most of it. Not really (laughs) because offense hasn't been that productive for you fantasy-wise. Damian Pierce, the one player that we've seen be very useful in fantasy uh, most weeks, is out because of an ankle injury. So that's the main one. But Brandon Cooks, who's been out more than he's played since uh, the trade deadline, out with a calf injury. And Nico Collins, who missed last week because of a foot injury, still not practicing, doesn't look great. Um, we'll see if there's any anything that's more encouraging by the time the week is over. But Is right there now, any any single Houston Texan Mike Clay that you would start in replace of any of these people before we move on to the Chiefs? If you're in desperation mode in a deep league, you could look at Chris Morey, a huge target share last week, and... Dario Gumbawale or Rex Burkhead. Again, you got to be really desperate to go that down yeah. that road. I would try to avoid this offense if I can. Chris Moore in DFS was pretty great last week. He actually. was. He was awesome. He was awesome. Yeah. Let's, let's talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think it comes back to the running back conversation. Start him. We've been having this. Can you start both of them? Can you start yeah. both of these running backs here against the Houston Texans? Is that because they are the worst run defense against they fantasy are. running backs? Most yards, touchdowns, and fantasy points to running backs. They're going to be able to run. We uh, Texans are going to have a hard time scoring in this game. Uh, you know, there are uh, missing Spoiler pieces defense, defensively <laughs> as well. I know Sorry about that, Pacheco guys. has been great. He had a career high in targets with three last week. There's so much to like there. Yep. So Pacheco, a probably a must start. I mean, probably a lineup block yep. in, in this matchup. Yep. Jarek McKinnon, I have 26. You guys are right in that same range. He played a lot. He's playing well. Uh, I think you could justify both. Pacheco's an RB2. McKinnon's a flex option. Field, how are you looking at Juju Smith-Schuster or any of these other pass catchers outside of Travis Kelsey? Yeah, the problem is that you don't know how much you're going to have to throw the ball, right? They might be up big because they're running the football. We talked about this going into the game last week for Dallas. Dallas played it much closer. I guess the Texans played the Cowboys much closer than we forecasted. I don't think the Chiefs will be caught sort of sleeping, daydreaming in this game like Dallas was last week. I have Juju is about a wider. He's wide receiver 31. For By the me, way, so. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No, you I was good? just going to say. Yeah, yeah, go. T- yeah. Texans, four touchdowns to receivers yeah. this season. The good fewest in the NFL. Just, just no one has to throw against them. Yeah. No one throws up. So painful. Yeah. 
Say that one more time. Four touchdowns they've allowed to receivers. Four touchdowns all season long with how bad they are. You know what's yeah. amazing for That's the Chiefs? Incredible. It's like that is, yeah. the, the receiver that plays by far the most for Kansas City. Mike would know this. MVS? Yeah, by far. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like he plays like 90 plus percent of the snaps and he's having like he has. He's the same guy as Green Bay. Yeah. He's like that role that we've seen in Green Bay and we've seen in like New Orleans, like Robert Meacham and stuff like. But if I just told, run deep every time and you'll get three targets. He's and the that's air it. yards just, king, right? Yeah, if exactly. I told you like you had a guy playing 90 per, or whatever it is, it, I'm sure it's close to 90 percent of the snaps in Casey's offense. You'd be like, got to be a top lineup block. Yeah. Got to be a top 30 <laughs> yeah. wide receiver at worst, yeah. right? Yeah. That's nope. crazy nope. for MBS. All right, we got one more game to talk about here, and that is Falcons at the Saints. Mm, let's go. Lineup blocks for this one include Alvin Kamara yep. and Chris Olave. Wow, no Eno Benjamin. That's kind of disrespectful. <laughs> that is yeah. disrespectful. I knew his name was going to come up today. Yeah, yeah. yeah once, he, once he was signed on. Yep. Only what? team to claim Eno Benjamin this time around was the yep. Saints. After okay. last time, he had four teams try to claim him. Things change as the season rolls along. Mm-hmm. But I do think it's an interesting, like just... Alvin Kamara already stated as a lineup lock, but no Mark Ingram. You know, Benjamin is the backup behind David Johnson. You'd expect to see a bit more of David Johnson. Probably won't see, you know, Benjamin this week, but hopefully we see a lot of Alvin Kamara. Like, when was the last time is, we yeah. saw David Johnson? Oh, he played earlier two this weeks year. ago. Two yeah. weeks ago. Yeah. He did Couple play, touches. but I, yeah. guess I just don't remember that. When was the last yeah. time we saw David Johnson, David Johnson? Uh, oh, about four years ago. Before he traded like 400 touches. Yeah, Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, you're right. Anyways, yeah, Alvin Kamara hopefully plays a lot. I hope this is the ignition to the Saints playing more and more and more of Alvin Kamara because obviously when he gets opportunities, there are a few players anywhere close to as capable as him. And we are closing into Christmas. For those that may remember, a few years ago, Alvin Kamara had six touchdowns on Christmas Day. Perhaps <laughs> he's feeling the holiday spirit earlier. Hope so. Yeah. Wouldn't that be nice? Yeah. From the Falcons' standpoint... Nope. Okay. Nothing. Yeah. That's sort of where it's Quarterback change. Uh, Patterson, we love, but he's a committee back now. Nine to 14 touches in every game. Hasn't scored a lot of fantasy points for a while. Um, so we don't love him. Drake London's coming off a big target share quarterback change. We don't know what that's going to look like. That was his first good game in a long time since early this season. So I I wouldn't want to start either guy. There's no way to trust anyone in this offense. I'm excited I'm, just to see what it looks I was like. Say, from this an is NFL much more yeah, for me about like 2023 and beyond, mm-hmm. yep. right? Like, is Jez, is Desmond Ritter going to be the guy in Atlanta next year? It's way too 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 soon to say anything like that. Mm-hmm. But I'll be curious if he plays well for the final four games. It certainly could have a dramatic impact on how they approach their first round pick, which we'll see how things shake out. But it could be in the top ten in a quarterback heavy draft class. How much you want to bet it's going to be Desmond Ritter, Drake London, Alameda Zacchaeus with a Chris Olave comeback that wins the Millie Maker this week. You think so? That's what it's going to be. Awesome. I think okay, I'm going to go in and put in a lineup. Maybe yeah. I'll do you that, do that? Fast. Okay. All that's right. not a That's not a bad idea. Nope. Anything else that we want to talk about here, Field Yates, before we uh, talk about some insurance? Um, no. Nope. Let's we'll talk about insurance instead. <laughs> Geico asks, how would you love a chance to save some money I on insurance? Saving money on insurance. Of course you would, Daniel and Stefania and Mike. And when it comes to great rates on insurance, Geico can help, like with insurance for your car, truck, motorcycle, boat, and RV, even help with homeowners or renters coverage, plus at an easy-to-use mobile app, available 24-hour roadside assistance, and more, and Geico is an easy choice. Switch today and see all the ways you could save. It's easy. Simply go to geico.com or contact your local agent today. All righty, and time now for us to close out the show with a visit from our guy, Adam Schefter. Schefter, good morning. I'm doing great, Shefty. It's great to have you on with us. Uh, you are sandwiched in between uh, two very different Monday Night Football trips, Arizona this past week and Green Bay yeah. this upcoming week. Yeah. Bundle up is all I can say. Yeah. Uh, I wanted to ask you about Mike White, who we talked about a bit yesterday on NFL Live and earlier on in our show. Stefania sort of with the probably it sounds like he has a good chance to start the game. The concern is whether or not he'll be able to finish the game. Is that Does that sort of jive with where your information has been at regarding Mike White? Listen, limited right now, and I would say that the best way to describe it is this. He wants to play. The team wants him to play. I don't know if the doctors are going to sign off on him playing. That's really the best way I could say this right now, and so that'll be something that comes along as the week develops. So for him to play, the doctors are going to have to clear him to play, and I don't know whether they will or they won't right now. Okay. Right? We'll have to see how that plays out, but I I think it's a major question mark whether he goes. I'm, I'm not as optimistic as you. But we'll see how this plays out over the week. Okay, I kind of need him for fantasy, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, most concerned with his health here. Uh, same thing with Kenny Pickett, Shefty. It's that, that one seems like it's going the other direction, where it seems yeah. like the Steelers are bracing for either Mason Rudolph or Mitch Trubisky to start. Do you get the same sense? 100%. It's okay. his second concussion. 
in six weeks. I would be really surprised if we saw Kenny Pickett out there. He's a rookie. They're in a tough spot. There's no need to play him when he's got a second concussion in his rookie year, and so I don't think we're going to see Kenny Pickett on Sunday. Okay, uh, Steelers taking the big-picture approach there. Uh, yesterday we saw news that both Darren Waller and Hunter Renfro had been designated to return yeah. to practice. Uh, I haven't tracked how many players return on Wednesday and then play on Sunday. Do you have any instinct there as to whether they might be available on Sunday? Uh, I Look, they probably wouldn't have activated them if there wasn't the idea that they could contribute in some small way. But if they're going to be out there on Sunday, I don't think it's going to be like full workload, Hunter Renfro, who wasn't all that productive before he yeah. was placed on IR to begin with. And Darren Waller, similar t- kind of story. I think they're going to ease him back in. So even if they do play, which is certainly possible... I think it'll be in a limited capacity. Like, that was one of the topics we talked about on Sunday. I want to go to the other one, right? The Seahawks running backs. Because I said to you, I thought Tony Jones. I know. And it's bothered me. It bothered me. I was on the phone with Seattle the day before. And I talked to him. I said, give me in a fancy perspective. Which back is going to get the most work? I was told Tony Jones. I always say, you're only as good as the information that you're told. Yeah. That's what I was told. I passed it on. He didn't play that much. But you know what? Neither back did very well. So if you played either one. You were sunk, and your guy topped my guy, but they, neither one was very good that day. Neither one was very good, and that was our long shot battle that we had. Shefty, is it possible that the person or people you were talking to in Seattle actually was facing off against Tony Jones in fantasy and wanted to convince his opponent to play Tony Jones, who would have a less than meaningful role? Well, that's always a possibility, Field. Okay. There are all sorts of strange fantasy permutations that you never know. The great one, of course was always my favorite one, maybe. Matthew Hasselbeck used to play fantasy football when he was quarterback for the Seahawks. And there was a week in which he had a very tough assignment, and his other quarterback on his team was Brett Favre. So he started Brett Favre that week, and that was a week in which Matthew Hasselbeck set the Seahawks' all-time franchise record for most touchdown passes in a game. And he had himself on the bench. That's a true story. That the, Oh, my goodness. Okay, the things... I, had, so I don't wait, know how I didn't on. know that. So that story. goes to tell you, sometimes the people who are playing the game don't even know exactly how it's going to turn out. Oh, my goodness. Wow, okay. All right, so let's move forward to Monday Night Football then, Shefty, where you will be, uh, of course, Green Bay, Wisconsin. I'm sure it'll be... Minus you know, five degrees is the forecast right sounds now. Sounds like Cancun. It's like minus yeah. five. Minus but five. I'm not checking. I'm not looking. I'm not okay. checking. Yeah. Right, how many coats are you packing? Like, what, what, what's, what's the layer situation going to look like? Well, uh, first and foremost, I was warned not to be wearing my on-air furry boots that I wore in Chicago last year, lest I be mocked again. A little bit of a uh, health hazard, right? Yeah, my family's already worn. Like, y- you can't be wearing that. I'm like, well, you know, I, I, I didn't think I was going to be on the field, you know, doing the gritty with Steve Young and Justin <laughs> Jefferson and Randy Moss. So um, we've already, in our minds, begun to formulate what we're going to pack. You know, the funny thing is, is last year after Buffalo – when the wind was whipping and it was it was it was really cold there, uh, my wife for my birthday bought me a jacket, and I didn't have an occasion to wear it. So the jacket that she bought me for my birthday last year will be debuted in Green Bay on Monday night, and I will look something like the Michelin Man on Monday night, and I don't really care how I look, frankly. Our ESPN's Michigan Man looking like the Michelin Man that is very <laughs> exactly. fitting right there. I was going to ask you about the game. Obviously, we think Baker Mayfield. Will start. Uh, it as, will be. Yes, yep. It so will be, be Baker yep. Mayfield on Monday night. Uh, I know we've been talking about this for four months now, so might as well visit it one more time. Do we think the Rams are just settled on Cam Akers as the guy in the backfield, Shefty? Or could there be some Kyron Williams life breathed into that backfield on Monday? Well, uh, listen, I, I back Kyron Williams all year long, but I think we've just seen the last couple of games that they've leaned more and more on Cam Akers. Now, could there be a game in the final four where all of a sudden Kyron gets hot and they ride him? Yeah, it, it could, but. Cam seems to be the guy that they're leaning on. He seems to be the one that's running the football most of all. And I would think that as long as he produces and he's been pretty good the last couple of weeks, that's the way it will finish out the season that way too. Would you mind just just if you happen to see them on the field pregame, would you mind giving yeah. them like a little bit of a pep talk there? Uh, you need Kyron too. So you need Kyron and Mike White? Uh, wow. Kind of everybody. Yeah, Kyron, Mike White. Uh Tough week you know, for you, you know, like, you know, most people are like, yeah, I need Justin <laughs> Jefferson to score like 12 fantasy points. Meanwhile, I'm sitting here like, can I get 25 out of Kyron Williams, who I think has like 25 snaps over the past three weeks? Yeah. Uh, yeah. No, I just want to motivate him, Shefty. Just I mean, in listen, case. listen, 
I, I will talk to them. I will tell them that you really need the points and that they're not going to make the playoffs anyway. So the least they could do is try to help field out in fantasy. Abs- no. That's if, that's if they recognize me and can hear me through the layers that I'm going to have on my face <laughs> and my body. That'd make for great TV. Uh, one more quarterback update, Shefty. Uh, Justin Fields coming out of the bye was not practicing Wednesday. Anything going on significant there? Well, again, the illness, they're saying day to day. Let's see if he practices today. That'll give us an idea. If he's not practicing again today, I'll have real doubts about whether he'll play. If he's back at practice today, then you'll feel better about it. Okay, that is good to know there as well. Last week we had Rondell Moore. It's a story that we wanted to follow up on for Sunday. Turned out you had him not playing on Monday night, and now he's out for the year as he has been yeah. placed on IR. Is there anything <laughs> that we should be monitoring over the next, I don't know, 24 to, uh, I guess, more like 48 to 72 hours before fantasy football now on Sunday? Trying to think of a certain position or a certain guy this week. The New England running back stand oh, out. No oh, practice yeah, yeah. for Ramondre Stevenson yesterday. Where, whereas Damian Harris uh, seemed to be back at practice in a limited capacity. It looks like he's got a chance to be back on Sunday, which would be an interesting turn of events with Damian Harris taking over from Ramondre Stevenson, which I think is certainly uh, in the cards and certainly possible. Justin Fields, as you mentioned, the Jets quarterback situation. There, there are some uncertain quarterback situations now. Uh, one piece of news, I do expect Brock Purdy to start tonight. He's listed as questionable. I know that'll make Stefania happy. And yeah. Stefania, let me just say this. I am all on the Brock Purdy train here. Like, Wait, hold on. And this is not some Johnny-come-lately thing. Okay. I, I said this to both the Shanahans this summer. I think back of all the rookie quarterbacks that I've watched in the preseason, only a handful of them have popped to me. And I said this, this to them this summer. I remember watching Russell Wilson in the preseason as a rookie quarterback. He popped. I remember watching Dak Prescott as a rookie quarterback in the preseason. He popped. I remember watching Brock Purdy as a rookie quarterback this summer, and he popped to me. And he popped to me in the first two games. Now, we'll see what that turns into, but... And I was a little bit banged up, first time playing in Seattle. I were, you know, that's a tough. The Seattle always plays the Niners tough, even when they're at the bottom of the division, and they're actually fighting for something here. Yeah. But I will say yeah, that. No. But let's hope he yeah. keeps popping right on down to uh, February twenty, whatever day the Super Bowl is, or fourteen. Fourteen. Somewhere in there, mid February. Let's 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 hope Brock keeps popping all the way through the playoffs. I, I think they found the quarterback. I think they found the quarterback. Wow, I can't say. wait. Gosh, not to get too far ahead of ourselves, but like, imagine this upcoming offseason. Yeah. What do you do with Jimmy G? What happens oh, with I Trey Lance when he's yeah, back? I, I know, know. Stefania's yeah, brain, yeah, yeah. not quite yet there to process I'm just going to say, Field, one more time. Yeah. I think they found the quarterback. <laughs> listen, How about that? Your listen, words carry a lot of weight. All, if they go to the Super Bowl and he's the one that takes them there and they win... It's hard to turn away from that. Yeah, I <laughs> think they found the quarterback. I'm going. This is going. I'm going to get that tattooed because I know it means something. Adam's not. It's like I'm emotionally yeah. invested. I, you know, it's it's hard. Shefty, I've got a tricky one because you just brought it up. Like to along the the Damian Harris lines is I'm in a league where I have Kenneth Walker and he faced off against the 49ers tonight. I could potentially sit him and roll the dice that Damian Harris plays on Sunday and Ramondre Stevenson oof, doesn't. Oof, I mean, oof, this is fantasy oof. pickle stuff here, Shefty. Any well, like, words Field, of wisdom? I, I, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do have some words of wisdom there. You know some people in New England. <laughs> okay, yeah. Okay, I would place sorry, a call sorry, there this sorry. afternoon yeah. and say, I'm just trying to get an idea of your backfield picks for this weekend. And once you obtain that information, yep. you will be in position to make an educated decision <laughs> yeah. about what you should do yep. with your fancy nice. Seahawks. Now, nice. again, yeah. I warn you, speaking to the Seahawks, yeah. I was told Tony Jones Jr. <laughs> How'd know. that work out, right? Yeah, I've I know. Had it's coaches so tell yeah. me. I've had coaches tell me, I remember one distinct situation, you know, it was late in the season where all of a sudden you get some guys when teams are eliminated, they're like, watch this wide receiver. I'm like, really? Oh, yeah, he's in line for a big day. First play of the game, they throw a long pass to the guy. <laughs> He drops the pass. They Benched. put him on the bench. Never plays again the rest yeah. of the game. So again, but you 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 know some people in New England. Yeah. You're from it's that area, right? Yeah. You got a lot of connections there. So make a call. Yep. I'm just saying. I'm just trying to figure this out. Like we got we got high stakes on the line here. We do. We do. Uh, last thought here, Shefty, is you mentioned how you saw Russell Wilson pop, Dak Prescott pop, Brock Purdy pop, uh, Nick Casario, the Texans GM. In case he's looking for like a consultant, if they have the number one overall pick this year in what is a very deep but unnecessarily clear-cut quarterback class, are you available for some side gigs this spring? I will. Listen, I'm just telling you, 
I, I say this to people. It's, I don't study X's and O's. I don't pretend to know X's and O's. But yeah. there are certain things you could just see Got sometimes yeah. where a guy just flashes. And you say, this guy's got it. Yep. Like, he can play. It's just, it. it's pretty obvious right away. And those are the three guys as rookies that stand out to me where I remember in my mind having the kind of conversations about them that summer that I did with Brock Purdy this summer. So um, not, not, what he did the last two Sundays did not surprise me. That's exactly what I expected and what I continue to expect for him. And I'll say it again. I think they found a quarterback. There you go. I love it. Shefty, as always, great insight. We can't wait to talk to you again on Sunday. We'll be pressing you for much more information, including the availability of Mike White. Until then, stay warm, get warm for Green Bay on Monday, and we will talk to you in just a couple of days. Thank you, everybody. Great stuff, as always, from Shefty. And that wraps up our Thursday show. Guys, we have 11 more games to preview tomorrow. Who's ready? 11, 11 more? more? Wait, hold on. I count. I can't count. Okay. We have like eight. Games. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, like, All of a sudden, we, I feel like we're going to redo some I of the games. Add. It's almost like bye yeah. weeks are over. <laughs> That's yes. what, you know what? Play- playoffs. 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 We'll all be back here tomorrow. In case you are wondering, the CSS DFS podcast, no Al Zeidenfeld today as he is down in New Orleans. What's he doing, Mike? Do you know? He's making money. He's making money for the... uh, Some big tournaments. Some big tournaments. A big rainmaker tournament or something? Or like a DFS tournament? Uh, It's a big DFS rainmakers tournament. Oh, how fun. In a a city where you can't possibly have any Oh, my gosh. So feel really bad for Al. Send him a tweet (laughs) at Al Zeidenfeld. But we are going to do CSS DFS after this podcast. Thank you so much for hanging out with us today. And thank you to Adam Schefter for coming by. It's always fun to have Adam we love you thank you so much for hanging out with us please 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 don't forget to love each other be kind to yourself and we can't wait to see you tomorrow good luck and talk here. about the Niners victory up in Seattle you were so pessimistic now you're, so now you're yeah, now you got it well, now that the show's over now that this yeah. is like the real yeah. Stefania right well, like, this listen, is it fan I, mode I, now fan mode <laughs> total fan I'm trying to be objective I don't know what objective is it's a word yeah. <laughs> it's a Princeton word. Are we still on the air right now? I don't or no? Think so. I said, we'll see you tomorrow. <laughs> Bye. We're still on the no, air. We're still on. Okay. No one's saying any swears. Mike, stop it. swearing. <laughs> you have daughters. What kind of a role model are you? If you need a stick of tide, field is your guy. If you're in Bristol or in Farmington, you should find another ride. Candidly, he hates Mike Clay And you know that it's a fact Every hater's gonna yate Cause he's on TV every day A spicy tomato who's got the stats And tweets that'll make you laugh He's our favorite host And everybody knows his name